like getting out and t uh, talking and meeting with people, like that just increases your chances of, you know, finding new opportunities. But like, you kind of have to go and go through different places to you find, start to find your lane. Do it now, do it often. Now is the time to like put it all on the line and instead of trying to wait to like much later on when you feel more secure, because by then you'll be too afraid to do anything. Perspective Podcast is fuel for your mind and creative grind. Each week, my guests and I provide the skills for thinking bigger, overcoming adversity, and making an impact with your work. What's going on? You're listening to episode 133 of the Perspective Podcast. My name is Scotty Russell of Perspective Collective. I'm here to help you build a killer side hustle and elevate your brand outside your day job. At the end of each episode, I share a listener of the week, so stick around to figure out how you can get a shout out on a future episode in the show notes as well as in the newsletter. Again, if you missed out on the Space Dog launch of those mugs through the Dean Pottery, again, I have the Space Pizza Owl design I did with Iron Bean Coffee Company dropping July 15th. There's going to be 400 hand-thrown and numbered collectible mugs that were made through the Dean Pottery, so you can still get your hands on one of their original handcrafted pieces. These will also go fast, so make sure you're following myself as well as Iron Bean Coffee Company for details. This is going to be a split launch. They're going to share all the information either on their Instagram, their Facebook page, or their website. Again, that's Iron Bean Coffee Company, and there's going to be 400 of the Space Pizza Owl design. This is probably one of my favorite designs I've done, so stay tuned. Get your hands on that one July 15th. Real quick question. Have you ever had someone in passing conversation ask you, are you working hard or are you hardly working? Uh, for me, I used to get this from some of the older folks who would come through my cash register days when I worked for a Midwest grocery chain called Hy-Vee. And of course, my answer was always, I'm hardly working at all. You know, just trying to be silly, trying to, you know, keep the conversation going. And, you know, maybe maybe that would give them a good experience because someone gave them good customer service that day and just had a good chat with them. And when I think of this phrase now, though, I feel... Most people I come across are honestly, they're, they're hardly working. They're the same ones complaining that nothing good is popping off in their lives when in reality, they are coasting and seeking shortcuts All right, on that cruise control. At the end of the day, hard work pays off and there aren't too many people working harder than today's guests. And I'm talking about the one and only Ruben and Toya Levi who tag teamed the brand called Grits and it's more than just dope merch Flex and Rubens designs and handicraft. It's a Southern lifestyle black Americana brand out of Houston, Texas, that's slowly and surely gaining national attention with no signs of slowing down. Grit started off as a side passion project, but has transformed into something bigger that educates, inspires, and of course, keeps us dripping in some of the finest threads in the game. Today, Ruben and Toya share the value of side hustling, the power of personal projects, tips on finding your niche or niche, however you want to say it, I never know, and creating loyal fans, working hard and taking risks, which equals their no grits, no glory slogan, as well as their green book project, of course, pizza and more. Before we get started, huge shout out to our friends at Retro Supply for sponsoring today's episode. Retro Supply is the leading provider of Illustrator, Photoshop, Procreate, and Affinity Design resources to make your work stand out in a fraction of the time. Please go to their website, RetroSupply.go. Go check out all their products ranging from uh, resources like brushes, actions, textures, and fonts. Use the promo code SCOTTY20, that's SCOTTY with the Y. If you see something that you like, even if it's on sale, take an additional 20% off that with that code. For me, I rock the hell out of their Procreate bundle. There's always something new that they're adding to the Procreate section in general, or I like to rock out to the I Want It All Illustrator or Photoshop bundles, as those also are a steal with this promo code. So thank you so much, Retro Supply. Again, SCOTTY20 at RetroSupply.co. You can find the sponsor links as well as a YouTube video of our conversation over at perspective-collective slash 133. Let me know what you think of this episode by helping me spread the good word. Please share a screenshot or a video of you working to this in the background. Make sure to tag me as well as Grits on Instagram so we can all connect and share the love back. As always, keep an open mind and act on anything that inspires you today. Let's go. What's going on today? I'm joined by Ruben and Toya of Grits. Welcome to the Perspective Podcast, my friends. What's new with you since we last chopped it up at Crop Conference? Oh, hi. 
Hi, and thank you so much for having us on. We were so excited to do this podcast today. Uh, we have been hustling, like always. Uh, <laughs> What's new? Yeah, What's new, new? new things of grits. Uh, we actually just did a mini mural yeah. here in the city of Houston. The city of Houston um, Arts paid for us to come and do a mural on a little electrical box next yeah. to a stoplight. Oh, yeah. Location, all the intersections usually have like electrical kind of box, and as part of like trying to beautify the city, they're trying to wrap them and paint them around the city. So we got selected for one, and that was an interesting. That was our first time like painting like a mural. Did you actually do analog, not like a vinyl or a decal or no, anything? No, it, it was, was all by hand. It was all by hand, all painted. No, no, like not even like spray can. So I was like, dude, like we. It took like two times longer than it was expected. But it's okay. We yeah. enjoyed doing it. We had a good time doing it. No, I was, I was about to say, like, I actually, because I've never done, I haven't, well, I haven't done one in a very long time. So I actually went and looked at some of your tips. Nice. Exterior latex paint. Did you use that? Yeah. yeah. We, did, we did, on the box, we had to do acrylic. Okay. But just all the things that I needed, because I was like trying to run through, how would I like try to replicate something I did on the computer? on the box and then i realized i was like oh man i'm really starting to paint now so it was interesting man. perfect what else you guys always got something you're always making moves i know june was slammed for you guys right oh my god uh, june super slammed um uh, big car shows coming off of that getting invited yeah. to new shows new events uh we got to actually at crop we mentioned that we had never met leon bridges right when we got home leon hit us up invited us out to a concert gave us great tickets we got to go backstage chop it up with him um so we got some things working yes um so we we definitely are uh making moves um and reaching out to so many different areas and having so much come back. A few people from Crop has hit us up wanting us to design some stuff for them. So we got some new shirts in the works, uh, kind of inspired off of that Memphis hip shake. Um, so we're looking forward to that with some people out of New Orleans. Perfect. Of course, yeah. designing new things, getting more inspiration. Ruben does a lot of stuff just on a regular for our pencil break company that is just things you would never expect for him to be doing. It could be something for a church or a school or like the, the soda thing, exotic pop. We do um, <laughs> graphic designs for exotic pop, which is all of these rappers like Travis Scott and little Yachty and well, yeah, all of those pop. cats that love soda. Yeah. And we graphically designed the soda packaging for him and so that and he did a soda machine here recently and it just happened to that new wave of hip-hop yeah so that he started branding them with different artists so i think little pump was the first one and and um last year for an astroworld concert here man he like designed like the boxes to go with like a lot of the material they were giving out at the at the um at the tour and then they decided the like Super to Bowl do party. You know, the, yeah the yeah Super Bowl thing they did and now and i didn't do like a branded vending machine so i love how you guys are tapped into this new wave but then with grits you're also tapped into like the historic stuff and that's why i really want to get people to like know more about you especially getting to tapped into conferences now like you're getting even more connected now so for those who don't know can you give us a, a brief wikipedia page summary about yourselves and then we're gonna dive into grits my name is ruben levi i'm really born i was born and raised in houston texas uh, i've been going to art school i, I feel like it's all my life so art designed and I went to architecture and U of H that was kind of boring, but I like art, like, like graphic design stuff. So then I just basically like learned and taught myself a lot of the programs, a lot of things and just kind of like found like a, a different way to do some art and still like make a living. I am Toya B. Levi. I um, went to school at the university of Kansas. I was in music therapy and psychology. Uh, my passion has been ever since I was in high school has always been marketing. So I've always been involved in doing marketing and got into um, the music industry right out of college and started doing marketing and management for different artists, underground artists, as well as well-known artists. Um, from there, I did different conferences like South by Southwest and college music journal in new york and then moved out to las AC3. vegas yeah ac3 hip-hop festival in atlanta um and and 
built my name up uh, in the industry for what I did with marketing and with management. And then we met and I decided to uh, not manage everybody else and manage my Aww. husband's career. <laughs> <laughs> Man, she's telling the whole story. So we got we we met in uh, Austin in uh, 2011, and we just a mutual friend introduced us. We, we started talking, and you know, like three four months later, we got married. We've been married almost eight years now in September. So that's been an incredible journey. I think like journey kind of uh, I mean, Grits kind of marked like kind of like just that, like the timeline of that journey a little bit. Like, cause mm -hmm. it's like, this really, um, Grits is a brand. I started kind of before, but I kind of like, didn't really, I just had like just different ideas, you know, like random shirts with different stuff. And when we got married and got together, I really kind of put a pause on it for like, pause on it and, and like held off, like took a little sabbatical, chilled out like for like almost two years. And I actually, during that time, I was just kind of like figuring out what I want to do with it. And I, we, I merged both of our lives and both of our interests and in, in, into it, and it was what you see today. Like the brain and everything just kind of came out of that. So what what is grits? I know, but not everybody knows. So grits is like a it's a southern lifestyle brand, but it's like told through the view of like Black Americana and and traditionally like Black uh, like Americana is like you kind of always go back to like the heyday of like America. And I was like, this is interesting. All the stuff I was finding, like I collect a lot of vintage things too and follow people. And I always noticed like I didn't see enough black people anywhere. And I was like, man, this is interesting. I just wanted to kind of like expound on that idea and just like coming from our perspective and our and our histories and her family. Like I just tried to mer merge it into something that that's a really like our ethos is like no grits, no glory is really about the hard work in life and what we get out of it. So from there, that's what, like where we started, you know. You mentioned at Crime Conference, Grits is what you made of. Yeah. So, like, Grits is like, um, what's that book name? Uh, I forgot her name. It's, I think it's Angela Duckworth or something. But she talks about grit being like the persistence, determination. It's kind of like really the X factor in success. Like, you can have the talent and hard work, but it's like the persistent nature of working day in, day out really gets you to the end goals. Is sometimes we try to like negate those for like oh we're you know um, like what's the like the kind of like new age thinking like your mind and all that being being woke yeah you're being woke <laughs> or being you know you're you're, you're you want to manifest but manifest comes with the really with the work that you it's like self awareness in a sense yeah exactly so it's, it's really a reminder so it's like even when I get down or something like that it's like constantly being reminded to keep on pushing and keep on moving through. You know? That's right. And, and keep on pushing too. I wrote down this quote that you guys, I, I don't know who said it or who quoted it, but remember your dream is a creative scheme. So keep on pushing. Pushing. That was uh, what I said. And that was, uh, that's Curtis Mayfield. Curtis Mayfield. Oh man. I, I love that. I love that. That was like my favorite part of your talk was hearing that. And I'll try to catch onto those quotes and stuff, but um, I want to dive deep more into your, your backstory. Cause you both, you're side hustlers. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and this whole audience is side hustlers and I'm a side hustler. I'm on my lunch break right now doing this shit. So, <laughs> you know, so what do you guys do for your day jobs? I mean, before my, before my day job, it was the same thing. I go to work and I come home and I would literally work on side stuff. Like that was my most passionate thing was like, like the work stuff is like, okay, that's whatever. It's Pays not. Yeah, you got to answer to like, you know, make my logo bigger. Like, oh, I love it, but I want to add like this whole page of text and stuff. Make it pop. I know what I, I know what I don't like when I see it. <laughs> I just heard that last week. Yeah, I, this is art, like these arbitrary sayings, like people throw up and be like, oh, this is a nice color. I want the opacity like twenty percent. You're like, well, Pat, what? <laughs> You're like, what are you talking about? But those things, like the side hustle, is like really where the chance you get to do what you want to do. You have like you have creative control over uh, what where where what projects you want to pick, and for me it was um, I wasn't always like a, I wanted to be a designer. I had to figure out how to get there, and I just ba I basically like created projects for myself. You know, I just like I would make album covers. I would make um, just illustration things, and from there that that led to meeting people online. I think. It, I first started like MySpace and just meeting a couple people. MySpace, yep. yeah. Yeah, here, man. Just like, but you're like, oh, hey, you're a graphic designer. I'm like, damn, I'm like working in a, in a 
telemarketing job. I'm trying to get the hell out of here, you know? So it was like that kind of situation. And but pushing as sense. for the here and the now and today, what do we do for our jobs? Yeah. Our jobs are pencil break and grits. And, and pencil break was what the design part of it, right? For all of the clients and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Design marketing firm. So it pretty much covers, you know, everyday things and expenses. Grits does the same thing since we do a lot of our sales primarily online and we have that following. Uh, we do our pop-ups once or twice a year that gets that nostalgia going uh, for the brand and makes more followers. And they're always, you know, pretty much our following knows our system now. They know that we're going to come out with something every two months and to look for it and to get on the pre-sale and to, you know, so that is uh, a, a lucrative income. We um, went to Las Vegas last year to go to the wholesale market. Um, so we have one or two wholesale accounts, um, one in Canada at a, a store called the Rock and Cowboy. So that's a big account for us as well as just anything that we do here um, out of the house. So we've been doing it for uh, enough years to where um, I handle all of the management and the marketing and the uh, accounting side. Uh, before me and Ruben got together, I worked for a forensic accounting firm in Las Vegas. So that was something that was really in my niche of things that I could bring to the table when our um, relationship got together. So I make sure I know what the flow is gonna be like, what the seasons are gonna look like, what what we're getting used to, what every year is like, so we can plan ahead of time. Um, we don't have a big, fabulous, expensive life. We have a very nice, quaint home that's ours. Um, it's two bedrooms with my, my daughters are right here with us. We work from our home. So where you see what you see right now is not only our workspace, but also our living room. So we um, definitely have created a lifestyle for us to be able to achieve our dreams and keep our focus on our goal. Uh, we have, you know, we're going to build a second home here on our property. So that's things that we're working towards all the time and that we're constantly gathering. Um, and we, you know, do things to still have fun. We still go on summer vacation. We still, you know, travel to see our family. We still, you know, take our kids to do things. They have access to everything that they would ever want and need as for music camps or tennis camps and or all my art supplies. All, yeah. <laughs> art supplies. And, yeah, and, and we just call it living the gritty American dream. You know, it's our dream of what we wanted to do, and ultimately we're content. You know, and we don't have to get up in the morning to go content. to a job. You know, we're <laughs> content and stuff. hungry at the same time, though. We got to work right here. So you know, I always tell people, like, when it comes to doing um, design or just, like, want to be freelance, like, freelance and stuff, it's like, it may not be, like, like make you rich, but the, be, the, the the strongest thing that I think anybody can like, uh, I say is like your freedom, the time to like have freedom over your life is like yep. probably the most valuable thing. Like the freedom to like take whatever time off, like, oh, I feel like going to have some ramen right now. We're going to go and do it. You know, it's like we go in, we'll go and do it versus like feeling like you're stuck or like, you know, like, oh, I can't go to break it to this time or somebody else is telling you. So that is. But I think, I think um, the, the funny part is when the magic actually comes together and we're working and we just have an awesome day or an amazing week and we just knock it out the park. Like I'm just pulling in clients left and right, you know, just pulling in bids left and right for him and our creative juices are flowing and I'm sending out contracts. You know, when we have those weeks, it's just like, wow, this crap is coming together. Like, oh my God, now we got to get another person to help. And okay, now, you know, and that's just on the graphic design side. When grits is blowing, going good, <laughs> that's a whole nother roller coaster ride because, you know, he does all the design, but when it comes to packaging and shipping and all of that, a lot of that is me. So it, it can be overwhelming when you have 85 orders coming in a day that you're trying to ship out and get to everybody on time, you know, good timing and, you know, no complaints, but, um, it's just been, uh, it's, it's a hustle. Like you said, it's a hustle. It is. It is. And you guys vibe well. So I take it. You're like the business cat and he's the creative play cat. Yeah. And I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to take them both off at the same time and wrapping my wife more into the, the, the thing. 
I, I saw it best to let him be the creative. And I know that, that what he does, I can't do. You know, I, I know that role and I'm great with it and I have no problem. But there's times where I'll look at something he's creating and I might say, okay, change this or maybe do this yeah, or let's spin yeah. it like this or what do you think about this? I'll ask sometimes, you know, yeah. like sometimes like definitely for great things. Like, well, for a lot of stuff, sometimes like, ah, like I, I like it. And then I was just like, hey, like what you think? And she might just see something that I would never think of. It's good outside perspective. Yeah, my wife has the same. She says she's not creative, but man, sometimes she can have an idea. She's a lot more creative than she thinks. Yeah. She sees things like, like sometimes I ask for things for like different perspective. Like, would a woman like perceive this right? Or, you know, things like that. Like, you need that. Because sometimes being like working at home, you can get so much in your head that you don't really, like, you just got too close to it. Yeah, you got to, like, step away or, like, take, like, hey, like, see someone else's perspective, and that can help, too. It's, like, So, y'all, you just got to, you and her, you're just working on your balance right now, just like dance. Mm -hmm. You know, once oh, you and her get the dance down, it will work out. Oh, get the dance down. I like it worded like that. Yeah. <laughs> and slowly, she's helping out more and more. So, yeah, I'm trying to get on your guys' level, damn. <laughs> man, we all trying to get there, man. It, it, it's, a, it's, it's a challenge. You got to know when you're dealing with the like the business-minded person at the moment, or you're dealing with your wife, <laughs> you gotta, and you have to be like, okay, I have to like take that as it is. Sometimes it doesn't go over well, but then sometimes, you know, I, I would try to let things marinate and be like, you know what, I saw where you were coming from. I just didn't want to hear at the time, and just, you know, we and rock on. You know? All right, this question's coming out of left field. So you got a pretty hardcore grits audience that I'm I'm finding out about, especially like the more places you keep going, conferences or car shows or uh, pop-up shops, whatever. What have been your biggest keys for audience growth? And what's been your biggest key for driving your, your limited apparel purchases? You know, people, people seem to be pretty, pretty hyped when you have something new out. You know, what, what's, your, what's your key secrets for audience building and for building up that hype around new releases? I think for audience building, it's like, I think it's two parts. One is like finding, finding a niche Whatever, whatever you like and find like focusing extremely on that niche. And then I think from there you can build your audience to, and, and then allow things to grow outside of that. Like, I think our brand is really consists of like, of like three or four interests, kind of like graphic design, a little bit of um, like people like graphic design or illustration design, but then people who like vintage stuff, but then people who like little history. There's also people who like, like hot rods and like motorcycle yeah. and like, or people who like the South. And it's kind of like these co-centric circles of groups are like kind of like overlapping and just kind of finding your way through there. And um, the other part is um, Seth Godin says, I think he said, uh, love those who love you and ignore everyone else. Mm. Is that from This Is Marketing? Or it might be. I, I, it's either him or Hugh McLeod, one of them. It's a quote so wanna, that we have on our refrigerator. Yeah, I, I want to say it's, I want to say Seth Godin. And we really follow that too. Uh, yeah, I think that's a that's a big thing. So it's like don't like it's just like focusing on your niche. Don't worry about everybody else. Stay in your lane. Stay in that lane. Stay in your lane. That's what our mentor um, when he started working with us. That was the one thing he liked and he said about us was that we were authentic and that we had a lane. We created a lane for ourselves, and we weren't trying to do it like anybody else. So we were staying in our lane, and we just stayed true to that. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of like when you're doing it and it's authentic, and people see that about you, they gravitate towards you. Yeah. You know, it doesn't it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a you know, you don't have to go and hashtag the mess out of your posts on Instagram or, you know, and that's one of the things I teach people too. create your own unique hashtag that is going to be yours for tracking purposes and stick to having that and stick to making sure, you know, even if you do find that, uh, you know, you're, you know, what we did with the green book, um, we hashtagged onto the green book movie just because that was something that was going on in the area. That was the same thing of what we were creating. So just uh, following what's going on through your social media platforms is always a good way to help increase audience. Um, but also, also trying to, also creating content that really, right. that, that, that serves the audience, you know, mm. We're a little bit, I, sometimes I feel like I'm a hodgepodge, with, like Gris is like a hodgepodge is going in my mind, but um, like say for Memorial Day, like I had a lot of like, I probably have a lot more, but just different stories of different um, blacks and like different um, military things. And I was like, okay, just pulling out a couple like to talk about and people appreciate that. I mean, that gives you, uh, I think that, that, that doesn't cost anybody anything. 
but sharing that information get hopefully like makes gets a little more valuable to someone like hey creates, like I, I learned something out a, of that like a topic that's, that's a talking point you know people like to read and hear and learn history and so I think when you're learning it, and creating like with a group like yeah. you you like teaching like able like to share things with each other allow for right. people like to it helps like people to create conversation you know there's three types of value educational entertaining and inspiring and i feel like your account kind of lands on all those little buckets of things you know yeah thank you thank you yeah. yeah well it's something seth Godin like this is marketing like i've been living by it. that book has radically changed my life but it's kind of like what you're saying you know love the ones who love you and he talks about basically going for depth instead of width but at the yeah. same time you guys are going for depth you know who your target audience is and i'm not necessarily that target audience but eventually the more you keep going for depth it starts rippling out for width as well and then you rope in people like me who really vibe to the brand and the message and the designs the designs is what got me in there but then the story and the value that you provide is what really hooks me. Yeah. But you're educating me at the same time. What was the one that you just posted? Um, French, um, jazz, military. Yeah, the Harlem Hellfighters. And yeah. Basically, like, they helped bring jazz into Paris. Like, you know, like, they didn't, they wasn't um, allowed to, like, actually fight with any of the white uh, battalions or anything. So they literally had to, like, they were left with the French and that whole relationship like birthed onto like jazz spreading out there. So it's just See, like, I had no idea, but you're staying with your own, your own, you're staying within your own lane going for depth, but yet you're still like roping in other people outside of it. Like me. So it's a perfect, perfect. People like them and some people don't like them. And you just like, you just roll with it, man. You know, and the, as long as people stay around, like that's pretty cool. Can't create for the masses. So I try to do that. I try to be too safe and you turn into vanilla. Yeah, it's like there's actually there's no real brand like most brands who are like most brands start off not going toward like trying to serve everybody. They're usually focused on like one yeah. market, like niche market. Like Patagonia is like not making like sports shoes, you know what I'm saying? Like they're like they're focused on their on their goods like outdoor wear and like just a certain environment. They have a specific lane. So I kinda like look at it like we just kinda like we got a lane and if everybody wants to join in, that's cool. And if not, that's cool too. I love it. So just to recap, two ways to really establish and build that diehard audience is one, finding your niche, which for you is combining like three to four interests in having a melting pot and then, you know, putting it out into the world. And the second one is by staying in your own lane so you can stay true to yourself and attract those same like-minded people. And I'll, I'll add one more. Let's do three. Yes, well, I think both of those tie in, but if you could take those two and then wrap it within a story that people can understand. Adding context and story around it. It's the, it's the art of storytelling. So Kendrick Lamar, yes. You see all these people doing all these things, and it's like it's it's how they tell a story through pictures or through con like word content. That's what ties people on. Perfect. I take a lot of notes, so I'm not looking down on my phone or any of that shit. You're good. <laughs> oh, I want to I want to transition over to like the merch side of things. One, what got you into apparel? Then, like what? I guess where did the idea just from that, uh, just from you having those ideas before you two met and then how have you been so successful with your, cause it's like quality premium stuff. And then you do limited. The, the Grits as I like really did was like, I wanted to do clothing. I grew up in like, just like hip hop streetwear, all those things. And, um, I was really in the streetwear for years. Um, and I just wanted to make a, I was like, Oh, I want to make a clothing line. But I was like, I wanted something that just really reflected my background, like saying, like I was like from the south. I was like, man, dude, it's nothing that looks good. And if it is southern, it's like either like it's corny or it's like it's corny or good or one or the other. Like they're usually like it's usually like really not like the design is horrible. And I was like, man, if I can fulfill that need of making something like that feels like proud, like hair from the south, but it doesn't look like some corny like I don't know, like some sub suburban jack stuff. But yeah, we seen like some ugly things. So I was like, I just want to make something. Like that. <laughs> Yeah. That was really, that's really what it was. And, and like some of his first shirts, when I first got with him, um, his designs really stuck out to me. They were more comic book style. And he had this shirt, and I love the shirt. I don't even have it anymore, but it said it was called Junk Food Junkie. And it was this illustration that he did, and it was just dope. And then he had, um, he had a few shirts that when I first met him, I was like, man, 
this is really like this is something like this ain't just, like the 421 yeah <laughs> you were thinking i should be your manager yeah. <laughs> i was like i can manage this person and actually, <laughs> we can do some things and uh so then when we started getting more into the black and white palettes uh because I, I tell him his favorite color is black and white a lot of our shirts are black and with white well, and a lot of the guys like black shirts like i'm the one that knows the orders i know the numbers and so i know i've wasted a lot of money buying white shirts because people will say y'all have no white i want a white shirt i'll order these white shirts and they will sit and nobody will buy them and then i'll end up clearancing them for like 50 percent off and then they'll go but the black shirts i sell out of quicker than quick we can change. We've tried different colors. We've tried navy blue. It does okay. Black, yeah, black, black and black. Black. No, it's like black, <laughs> white, gray, then maybe navy blue. We kind of keep it simple just because it's easier. My whole closet is probably 80% black. And if you went to crop, 80% of people were wearing black at crop too. Everybody. It's yeah. crazy, but it's like, it's also the shirt that has the like most vibrancy that pops off for an image. Like, so when people... Yeah screen that's why they sell more you know and also like you know some people are also bigger too and then we have the we have the people that like the front prints we got the guys that like the back prints you know so going back and forth between that and then you got the women that want the girl cuts you know so it's been fun uh dealing with apparel uh ruben is very picky and he has very high standards when it comes to the fabric and the quality of the shirts so um we went through a few shirt brands before we got the one that we fit with the best i am a penny pincher so i went directly to the printer and started ordering the shirts and like the Man, the, the manufacturer yeah the so wholesale the printer, yeah, yeah so the printer the printer knew i was getting those prices because i would just tell them no i'm gonna have those shirts shipped to my house then i'll bring them out to you and then that's you the way to do it you just charge me the ink you know and he was like, well, you know, when, when I only charge you a few dollars extra so that I can pay my staff and they can sort the shirts and fold the shirts. And I said, no, I will do all of it, you know, it, like even down to the labels in the back at first. Um, but and that was just to cut the cost as much as we could just to make sure that quality was there and that he could sell. Uh, we could sell our shirts at the price point that he wanted. We didn't want to be at that lower end price point. We had to look at other brands and see what they were doing for us to be in that $30 price point range of who's going to pay $30 for a t-shirt, you know, especially when you're going to car shows and most of those shirts are gilded in and they're just cheap. Yeah, shirts. that cheap so shit. People, oh, people are quick to buy a $10 shirt. Well, the car clubs, um, we were blessed with the car clubs very early on. Uh, one of the main guys of, the, the Continental Car Club, which is a big car club in, um, not big, but very elite car club in Austin. I know, but he, they're, they're, they, they throw they, the, they uh, throw the car shows. And, and he's a graphic designer. So he has yeah. an eye of design. And when he started looking at grits and our stuff, he was like, as a designer, he fell in love with it. Eye candy. And, and I think it's important too for that premium brand. Like people don't understand what sense of urgency and limited can do. You know, yeah. and the t-shirt I wanted from you guys, you sold out like the week before. So at least you got like, you had a, it was the, the uh, logo in the back, um, Roscoe and like, it, with like some moonshine, I believe as well. Big full back logo. Oh, moonshine and mayhem. Yeah. Yeah. Moonshine and mayhem. Yeah. Yeah. My wife rocks that one, but the keep pushing one fits nice. We, 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 reg we regularly make those like from time to time. Like I was, I was like originally was trying to keep everything limited, but it's like, it's kind of weird when people keep asking and you'd be like, you got to do a reprint. I'll do it this time. And then you're like, okay, he comes right back around. And that was like one of like some, but it's like we can't make anything new if we are constantly reprinting. So we have to, be, we have to limit it. Cause like there's certain times a year that I'm like, okay, we need to do this. We need to do that. So right now we're about to release two new shirts. Hopefully, yeah. um, right August, sometime around there. I mean, that's the life of what we do. Like you know, sometimes we start, we try to get things done, and like you, sometimes like you try to put out fires that take up the whole day. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just the part of it's part of the on business. top of having a family. That's 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 the part I'm trying to adjust to the most now. I'm like, oh shit. What's uh, four o'clock? Four o'clock around. It's like. Even if I'm trying, like, to hit, like, I got to get this out of my face. I got to try to finish it out. Then they come home. It's like, I can't, I, I, I it's he's hard. Also, he's also the, um, 
the teacher here. So he teaches Brooklyn when she comes home, time for her homework. Oh, yeah. She does better with him than she does with me. So he does her homework with her and uh, all of that. It's fun. It's fun, like seeing a little a kid like pick up stuff, and you see them like learning. I, I, I'm seeing it already. My son just turned nine months yesterday, and he's already slowly. <laughs> By the time this comes out, he might be ten months close to it. But so cute. pretty awesome, man. Being a dad is being a dad is dope. This is gonna be your first Father's Day or your first. second? Yeah, I've, I have cats, so I mean, technically, I was Father's Day for that. But no, first Father's Day coming up. Yep. <laughs> yeah so it's pretty special um before we dive into rapid fire questions this is one of my favorite questions to always ask what's one piece of advice you give to your past selves when you were just starting off i want to hear from both of you don't be afraid to take risks where were you afraid to take risks when you first started off i think as a designer like getting out meeting people um meeting like different things like that was always kind of like being like being social like part of me is like a little it's kind of introverted too so like getting out and t- I'm talking and meeting with people, like that just increases your chances of, uh, you know, finding new opportunities. And I think starting off, that was kind of difficult, but like you kind of have to go and go to different places to you find, start to find your lane. And I had to, it took me a minute, you know, so that I think that's something that I would tell my younger self, like do it now, do it often and just, and get it out the way. And you're going to like, the earlier you get to it, like in life, if you're 20 some years old, like now is the time to like put it all on the line and instead of trying to wait to like much later on when you feel more secure because by then you'll be too afraid to do it. Dig it. I think with me, my biggest one, just like at the conference, my biggest one is self-care. So to never overwork yourself, always make sure you take your you time and make sure you have a chance to relax, get adequate sleep. That, that mental health is a major deal with me, so I always want to make sure that I would tell my younger self to always make sure you stay on top of that. How do you make time now? Because that's hard for me. It's really hard to disconnect because this shit is play, and it's also my passion. I get up earlier than everybody else. and Early bird. Yeah, that is my time. Um, my body will naturally wake me up at 6 o'clock, and if I don't do it, it I miss it. But I get up. I drink a cup of coffee, I go out on the front porch, I meditate, I pray, I thank God for everything in my vision, I can see everything that's around me. That's my my, my oneness time with myself. Um, and if I can get back to that same space at least one other time during the day, I do. So my, my front porch is my sanctuary, I have my wind chimes out there. We just recently adopted a cat that comes out of nowhere named Garfield. So he comes around and I, yeah, my trees, my birds, my squirrels. That's my place to <laughs> my just kind of chill out. <laughs> my squirrels. Yeah. So it's like your grounding thing each morning. Yeah. Yeah. Grounding gratitude. Cool. I dig it. Rapid fire. It doesn't have to be that rapid. We can go on tangents. If you were on death row, what would your last slice of pizza be? Pepperoni. Pepperoni. Pepperoni Brooklyn kind of style pie. And you're in Houston, right? Yeah. Any more specific? Uh, this is a place like our favorite place is Luigi's. All right. Yeah. I'll take you up on that whenever I come to visit. Got lots of family in Texas too. So uh, we didn't get to dive into this, so it doesn't have to be rapid fire, but what is the Green Book Project? Where can people learn more about it? The Green Book Project is a project that me and my husband started after we took a trip to California in 2016 and racial tension was heightened during that year. Uh, A lot of killings were going on between the police and African-Americans. Things were being shown on Facebook Live um, and it just felt really strange traveling with our daughters and we were camping and stuff. So we, um, our fans reached out to us and started allowing us to come stay at their homes just to give us a safe haven, just to chill out for a few days and let everything kind of chill out before we hit, headed back. Um, and one of the guys house, um, we're still good friends with, he works in Hollywood for the film industry. And he mentioned to us the green book. He said, this is like the green book. And we were like, what is the green book? And he said, it's a book that an African-American made out of Harlem that, um, helped African-Americans have a safe place to stay when they were traveling, rather it was a safe hotel, a place to eat, you know, beauty salon, you know, all of that. And so after we heard about it, me and my husband drove back home and we were like, we should research this. So we started researching it and we wrote a 
a grant and we um, applied for it and we won the grant from the Andy Warhol Foundation and the Idea Fund here in Houston. And once we got that grant, what we were going to do was go back to some of these locations listed in this book. Because the book was started in 1937 to about 1965-66 during the Jim Crow era. So we started getting copies of the book and saying, okay, we're in Texas. We're going to go to Galveston next weekend. What places in Galveston were listed, if any? And then we would go to those locations and see if the address was still there. And we found some hidden gems, some old hotels. And we talked to people in the city and we found out history. And we, you know, just walked in the footsteps of those that came before us when it was hard for them to travel, but they still would travel and take their family to see things. And during that process, we taught our girls what was going on. And we started an Instagram account at the Green Book Project. Um, where we would post pictures almost like grits, but it would be pictures and stories. Yeah, it was, a little more, it was more focused toward like the era of the Green Book and and kind of it really describe it like some of the trials and tribulations, some of the things that like people like some of the successes. Jesse Stringfield, she's a lady in like an, a black lady in Florida. She used to ride Harleys and she like ridden across like the U.S. like in the 30s and 40s, like in the 40s. And like I'm thinking, like a black woman like driving through the South on a motorcycle across the like country a couple of times, cross country is like unheard of. But hearing some of these stories and then hearing just like about like just a um, different era and uh, of just neighborhoods and just kind of seeing how we got here, where we're at, and just kind of like a greater conversation on um, the you um, kind of like on the U.S. It's a period in history, and then just it just happened to line up with this movie that happened. Yeah, it just so happened, and the guy in Hollywood didn't even know anything about the movie, so when he started hearing about it being filmed, he contacted us. So we were doing all this, and the next thing we know, um, we had gotten a residency in Memphis to go live there and do the research in Memphis for two months. So we let, moved to Memphis last summer, and that's when we were doing all that information there. We came up with the idea of the shoebox dinner, which is a dinner party that we have where everything is fed to you in a shoebox, um, because a lot of the travelers that didn't have a place to stop and rest and eat at would carry their food in shoeboxes. And so it's a humbling experience where you sit down and you eat out of the shoebox and it was fried chicken and greens and black eyed peas and mac and cheese and yams. And we show you pictures and talk about the green book. And so from there, we've been scheduled to do different talks at a lot yeah. of historical events. Another side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. So yeah, love it. Around and yeah. the, the Oscars came around. June, and the movie June won and, yeah, yeah. yeah, Juneteenth is coming up. So we've been um, speaking at a lot of these other engagements uh, for the Green Book Project. So yeah, another. That's a whole another. another I'll be sure to link that up in the show notes as well, so people can get access to it for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't realize the the extent to it. I know you talked about it a little bit at Crop, but that's incredible. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, just going through history. I, I mean, I like history and just kind of going through it, but it's like, I think it's the only way we can know, like, where, like, we know where we're from and know where we're going. You That's know? right. You're still staying in your own lane. It's just an extension of grits. It's going to make people love grits even more. So that that's pretty cool. It goes right back to your audience building tips and being true and authentic. So that's pretty powerful. If you could have lunch with one person dead or alive, who would it be and why? Okay. I would have lunch with Jay-Z if I could. I like some of the way he moves as a businesswoman, not only that, but as a hustler. And I think that, you know, my hustle mentality comes, I have a little bit of a New York street sense, as well as my own Southern flow, as well as the quick talk and jive from Vegas. So I think when you have that kind of hustler mentality and you're always able to see through things and how to flip it and make your own money, I, I love the way he does certain things. So I'd like to talk to him and his wife I think that would be a good team just to even take 15 minutes of time with, and um, that would help build what we got going on here. Dig it. No pressure. No pressure now. Top that. Oh, that's a lot of pressure because I'm like, whoa, what's, you know what? Like, I would like to talk to any of my grandparents that's passed away now. I think, you know, like my like closest, I think like just liking either old like old design or history and all that stuff is just like coming like growing up in a house and seeing their things and seeing those things and we're like being attracted to it just like um my, my grandfather died like three years ago and 
just going through all his stuff. And it was just like little things that was like just a, it was old, he worked, used to work in Nabisco for like 25 years when it was here in Houston. And just like going through a manual of Nabisco and like looking at the illustrations in it makes me like, that was things like that I love. And, you know, he, he would describe things and talk about stuff and like those, you know, those kind of stories, you know. Yeah. Grandpa Levy was a big blessing to us. He left us a lot. So we still uh, show thanks to him. <laughs> that's awesome that's good yeah. answers that's good answers all right uh where do you see grits in the next five years goodness where i where? see grits big my gut says it's gonna be big man i feel like you guys aren't even scratching the surface yet yeah i know that's how i feel i feel like we're just getting started on it mm-hmm. and so um everybody we sat down with we sat down with bobby hundreds we sat down with stack we sat down with so many people josh even with you know creative works and everybody's like where where is it going it's like we're just getting started. I mean, we literally are just getting started with this. Yeah. This is going to be, you know, what we're forming and how we're doing it is it's going to be a, a lifelong company for us and our family to take on our girls if they want to take it on. If not, it's still going to go, you know, our family is very involved in this company and we're just getting going. We're just getting yeah. going. So in five years, I'm like, wow, look at what we've done in this five years already. Like when I look at the list of stuff that we've accomplished, I'm like, okay, the next five years is going to be yeah, between, crazy. Between all the other crazy <laughs> shit that happened on at the same time. Yeah, like it's surprising yes. when we got like got to where we are. Like ultimately, I think Grits would like start off like a, like as a kind of apparel clothing thing. But the reality is, it's like a lot more of a lifestyle project. It's like really just really reflection of who we are. Yeah. So whether we decide to make some lighters or some different things, like I'm always thinking like the shirts are great, but also thinking about things like they're becoming you'll like see me. You'll right see now. me at my happiest when we start making jeans. When we start having jeans, Oof. that's when Toya will be. That's when you'll say, okay, Toya's, Toya's, well, she's complete. Well, because that's, that to me, that I don't want to sell a whole bunch of jeans. Like, I don't want to yeah. have Levi's jeans. You know what I'm saying? But I want to have Levi's, Levi's. Levi's, Levi's. At least two pair, you know? <laughs> Something that we can sell <laughs> as a, a, a limited <laughs> edition. You know, a limited edition. <laughs> And the other thing we talked about was home goods, like um, Actually, patterns, it, like pillows and uh, things like that. We also mentioned that in the future. Well, you're definitely in your own lane right now, but I see that turn into a four-lane highway someday for sure. It's going to blow up, man. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're working there. No, like, we're, we'll just, remember you said it. We just build it. We've been building, like, I think, like, solely but surely. I think now it's like we've been, like, just really planning out the next five years. and. It's kind of like it was like like a side. It feel like this. It still feel like a side hustle. Just like grown more than what we expected it to. You know, side hustle to side business. Yeah, you get the transition point where you're trying yeah. to figure out how to transition, and it's never the side business. It's a small, small business. business. It goes from hobby to side hustle, and then business side business. You know, everything is a leap, right? So you go from a job to like becoming a freelancer. That's a hell of a leap. Scary leap. Then you're like growing it and like, okay, to become a business now, it's another leap that you have. So I, I think I read a quote like, you know, new um, uh, new levels require new um, new skills. I love it. Uh, last one. Where can people go to follow you online and support you? Weargrits at um, dot com at um, Twitter at Weargrits. Facebook is Weargrits. Um, Instagram is Weargrits. We're mostly, I'm mostly concentrated on Instagram, but on Facebook and Twitter. Not we are grits. We're grits. Oh, same with the Green Book Project at the Green Book Project on Instagram um, and Facebook and the Green Book Project.com for the website. Ruben, Toya, thank you so much for your time today. This was great getting to know you guys a little bit more, getting to know your story, share everything with this world. Go online, buy everyone, buy all their shit right now, please. You will not regret it. <laughs> I got some stuff upstairs. He's rocking his grits tea right now. It looks dope. Uh, thank you so much for your time, guys. We appreciate you. Thank Thank you you so much. We appreciate it. All right. We'll be in touch. Okay. Bye. PC family, I give you Ruben and Toya of Grits. You two have blown away my expectations of, you know, how I thought this show was going to go today. I thought it was going to go good, but man, this shit went great. You lit a new fire under my ass to start taking myself, my work, my message to the next level. 
Uh, PC fam, if you found value in what Grit said today as well, do what you do best and blow them up on social media. Go and give them a follow. Go and buy some of their merch. Go support them with their green book project and make sure you're going to go see them wherever they're at whether it's a pop-up at a conference just know that we appreciate the hell out of you too thank you so much and if you think someone else needs to hear this message today do me and do them a favor and share it with your friends your family and your following also real quick if you're looking for an online community of like-minded people sharing resources and their work along with providing feedback and more then join our global private facebook family by searching the perspective dash collective or click the link in the show notes it's so important for you to get around like-minded people who are all grinding and working towards something bigger than themselves and putting dope work out there you know and, and having the courage to share their work in the first place so again we would love to have you be a part of our family and join the movement that's the perspective dash collective on facebook and if you're finding value in this show and it's helped you along your creative grind, there are uno dos ways you can support what we're building here. All of a sudden, we're speaking in Espanol. So number one, numero uno is on Patreon. And you can become a pledger and backer of the show per episode over at patreon.com slash perspective podcast like my family over at Iron Bean Coffee Company had. There are several different tiers that you can support. And you can find one that works for you as well as get some rewards and perks back. Second way to support the show is by subscribe, leaving rating and review over an Apple podcast or in iTunes, whatever one you're working in that day. And not only does this give you a staple as becoming a listener of the week, but it also helps the show grow in the arts design category. This week's listener of the week comes from Savage Scythe 44 from the USA. They titled this one, Keep Your Head Up. They say, I absolutely love the Perspective Podcast, even though I'm a student hearing all these designers, artists, letters that have made it talk about their struggles, but still giving great advice and lessons help me stay encouraged about the path that I'm on. There's a lot of valuable info, whether you're a student, a designer, or someone thinking about taking a leap of faith into design. Thank you, Savage Scythe. I appreciate that. Short and sweet and to the point. Thank you. Thank you. And as I sign off, I got to give a huge shout out to my podcast editor, Anya Brennan, my executive assistant, Paige Garland, and my video specialist, Colton Bacher. You three are the glue that holds the show together. And a huge shout out to Nick Jenkins, my homie, Bluka, for all the dope theme music you hear on the show. Listen and support him online at Instagram, Spotify, and SoundCloud at Bluka. That's B-L-O-O-K-I-H. And as you finish off your week strong, I want to encourage you to keep showing up, keep putting in the work, and keep creating. You got this.